This episode of On the Record is brought to you by Osmondson. From their Made in America steel to their Made in America process, Osmondson is proud to stamp Made in the USA on every Osmondson blade manufactured. For over 100 years, Osmondson is committed to manufacturing blades with strength, pride, and innovation. Visit www.osmondson.com. I'm Executive Editor Kim Schmidt. Welcome to On the Record. Here's an update on what's currently impacting the ag equipment industry. If forecasts from USDA economists are on the mark, 2020 U.S. farm income will hit a seven-year high on the strength of government aid aimed at reducing the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, along with a 2.1% drop in total production expenses. While 2020 cash receipts are expected to decline by more than 4%, net farm income is forecast to increase by $18.3 billion, up nearly 22% from 2019 to nearly $103 billion in the current cropping year. Federal government direct farm payments are forecast to be up by nearly $15 billion this year and surpass $37 billion in total, which makes them the highest on record. The anticipated increase in federal support in 2020 is more than three times higher than direct government payments 10 years ago. In 2011, direct payments to farmers were about $10.4 billion in nominal dollars. According to estimates, federal payments this year could account for more than one-third of net farm income. This would be the highest percentage since they reached 41% in 2001. Improved farm profitability is expected to help maintain the equipment replacement cycle that dealers and manufacturers have experienced in recent years. Forecasts for improving farm profitability may be contributing to improving farmer sentiment. Purdue University's latest ag economy barometer showed farmer sentiment improved significantly in August, which was up 26 points to 144. The index of current conditions rose 13 points to 124 in August, and the index of future expectations was up 33 points to 154. All three of these readings were the highest since February 2020, when record highs were recorded before dropping due to the pandemic. The Farm Capital Investment Index rose 5 points compared to a month earlier to a reading of 65. Like the other indices, this was the most positive reading since February. When asked specifically about plans to purchase farm machinery in the upcoming year, 48% of farmers in August said they plan to reduce their purchases this year. It's worth noting that while 48% is a high percentage of farmers who plan to hold back on machinery purchases, this percentage has been declining since reaching a peak of 65% in May. Now here's Jack Zemlicka with the latest from the Technology Corner. Thanks, Kim. Tapping into external precision expertise can provide efficient and effective avenues to improve customer service for farm equipment dealerships. But the chaotic schedules of precision managers don't always allow for coordinated sessions, especially nowadays. Heading into fall harvest in many areas, the ability to connect and collaborate with precision specialists beyond a dealership's immediate geographic area can provide valuable insight on product performance, troubleshooting tips, or software glitches. In 2018, a group of nearly a dozen John Deere Precision Farming Managers began communicating via text message to assist each other with proactively diagnosing infield problems or trading insight on new products or services. The group dynamic has provided an experienced support network of Precision Managers who are able to innovate beyond the operator's manual and creatively find a solution, says group member Carl Hubner, 
Integrated Solutions Manager with Hudson Inc., a 13-store deer dealership serving Kentucky, Tennessee, and Indiana. I think for me, what it comes down to is there is a certain group of people within each dealership that just know the machine. They are the consultants of that company. And at times, let's just be honest, we don't know. Okay, we're learning new every day. Now, some of our businesses have a higher degree of adaption uh, for precision than others. So some of them are further along, maybe in a planter bowl, and some people are further along in manure spreaders. So we're incredibly diverse in that aspect. But whenever you hit the group text, you're talking to the best of the best in that organization on that product. And most likely, they're going to get you pretty close to head it in the direction you need to be in. And that's hard to find because this AMS world is, look, John Deere doesn't always have the answer. And you're going to have to sort through it and try to figure it out with them and brainstorm with them. So when you can do it with a group of people that are experts, it takes and makes you that much more efficient in your role. You can hear more from Hubner and other members of the Precision Peer Group who will be part of a moderated panel presentation during the 2021 Precision Farming Dealer Summit, January 11th and 12th. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Jack. This week's Dealer on the Move is Mazer Group, a New Holland dealer group based in Brandon, Manitoba. The dealership acquired three store locations in Saskatchewan, bringing the dealership's total locations to 19, with 14 in Manitoba and five in Saskatchewan. Despite falling farm income, the second quarter survey of agricultural lenders in the 9th District, represented by the Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank, reports the rate of repayment of, on agricultural loans held steady among most lenders, as did loan renewals. Nearly two-thirds of lenders surveyed said loan repayment rates were unchanged, while nearly all of the remainder reported a decline in repayments. A slight majority of lenders reported no change in the number of loan renewals or extensions, while 47% said renewal activity increased. According to Joe Mahone, Director of Outreach for the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, these results stand in contrast to the other recent quarterly surveys in which most lenders reported decreased loan repayment. At the same time, ag lenders in the region reported that farm income fell during the second quarter of 2020. Spending on capital equipment and farm household purchases also dropped. Falling incomes pushed the rate of loan repayment down slightly, while renewals and extensions increased overall. In spite of lower incomes, one Wisconsin banker remarked, most farm customers are coping with low prices better than expected. Several survey respondents said federal aid programs and low interest rates have taken some stress off agricultural producers. Now here's Associate Research Editor Ben Thorpe. Thanks, Kim. According to Ag Equipment Intelligence's August 2020 Dealer Sentiments Report, survey dealers say their used equipment inventories are shrinking. A net 6% of dealers reported their used equipment inventories were too low in July, compared to a net 4% reporting used equipment inventories too high in the previous month. This is the first time dealers have reported their used inventories too low since June 2012. Commentary from dealers shed light on what reduced used inventory meant for their business. One dealer from the Lake State said decreased use inventory allows him to get more aggressive with new deals going into 2021. Another Lake State's dealer reported seeing farmers who usually buy new equipment considering late model used units instead. However, not all used equipment inventories saw declines. A net 41% of dealers reported their used combine inventories too high in July, up from a net 40% reporting them too high in the previous month. Used high horsepower tractor inventories posted a net 0% change in July, compared to a net 7% of dealers reporting them too low in the previous month. Used equipment pricing was down 1% in July, compared to down 2% in the previous month. 
Used large tractor pricing was flat year-over-year year after being down 3% in the previous month, and used combine pricing was down 3% in July versus down 5% in the previous month. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Ben. Last week, Ag Equipment Intelligence caught up with another new short-line manufacturer now ready to come to market this year. Formata is owned and operated by former Great Plains executive Daniel Rauchholz, the son-in-law of Great Plains founder Roy Applequist. With a team made up of former Great Plains staff, including Mike McClure, who was head of engineering for three decades, Formata, based out of Osseria, Kansas, is offering a wide range of anhydrous ammonia fertilizer with 15 to 26 row configurations. Formata's products are being built by Grain Belt Supply based in Salina, Kansas. Very shortly, the company will be entering the tillage business. The year, I'm talking about the year 2000, you know, that, that just there's more and more weeds that, that are becoming resistant. And so uh, it's becoming a pro, it's becoming more and more of a problem now for farmers in the long term. And it's probably going to continue being a problem, you know, making sure that, you know, uh, they, they get the weeds killed and, and finding a tillage routine that works. And, you know, the chemicals keep having to get more and more sophisticated or you have to keep coming out with more new chemicals because of the resistance. Uh, I, I have a belief that, you know, tillage is, is going to have a renaissance or, or come back because of uh, the chemical resistance issue. Rockholtz would not officially say, however, what segment of tillage the company will mark its entrance in, only that it was an area he had always wanted to pursue. The tillage tools are being tested this fall with intent for an early winter release. Rockholtz's new company is seeking dealers now for, to handle the new line of products and has distributor representation in Illinois and Missouri with Falcon and Hood and & Company, respectively. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lessetermedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. <music>